You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to SSPN Post Game. I know it's been a minute, but we're here. Um... Unfortunately, after a 131 to 115 loss, just a straight smacking from the Charlotte Hornets without LaMelo Ball. Ethan, it's good to be back sitting here with you, first of all. But what what'd you think of this game, man? <laughs> Start to finish, just an absolute disappointment. Uh, and, you know, we didn't exactly play very well. We were low energy. Our defense wasn't necessarily the greatest. But it didn't help that even when we were doing things correctly, Jude, our shots weren't falling, and Charlotte just could not miss. And you were alluding to uh, a Drew Eubanks closeout that was picture perfect in the corner on scary Terry Rozier, one of the hardest shots I've ever seen. And I was like, there's no way that's going in. And it went in. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward had 41 points tonight. They, they just could not seem to miss. And Cody Martin, is that his name? Cody Martin? Yep. Yep. Cody Martin, he scored like their first eight points. And when I saw that, I was like, this is uh this isn't gonna be very good. Cause if Cody Martin's going off, then the rest of the team's for sure gonna go off. And it, it was just a disappointing night. Uh there were some moments where it looked like we might go on a small run here and there, particularly in the second quarter and then the fourth quarter as well. Mm-hmm. But it it just it never seemed to amount to anything more than closing the gap to like 10 points. Uh, and then it would grow back to like a 20-point, even 30-point uh, lead at one point for Charlotte. Uh, so not a lot of positives to take away from tonight, Jude. Unfortunately not. Um, but I think that the one thing that we can find solace in a little bit was something that you mentioned just at the beginning of your little spiel there. And that's <laughs> when Cody Martin's going four for four and setting the tone like that. And and when you mentioned when Drew Eubanks is like playing his best close out perimeter defense we've seen all year long and the shots mm-hmm. are just still like not even hitting the rim that's just the type of night it was um there's a couple other things so actually i just saw this on twitter let me pull it up here uh but i saw this little picture and it was from project spurs shout out to them and it was talking about how in the last nine games Dejounte murray uh has been averaging 17 points eight assists eight rebounds basically nine it's 8.7 on both of those um and then Derek white has been averaging 19 points and then five assists and five boards yeah if we go ahead and look at the box score tonight and we know it's not all about stats um but Derek white you know he was able to get to the free throw line make all those free throws which allowed him to have 18 points but really only eight points from the floor shot three for ten overall uh DeJounte Murray 10 points overall you know they did their thing they got their rebounds and their assists um uh, you know but when they don't score we don't win uh because if both of those guys had 20 point scoring nights tonight um believe it or not the Spurs actually uh are in this game at the end I know that sounds crazy but that's how the numbers add up there um so I think that's really the overall story. Another thing also that was the big thing coming into this game that they even did on Spurs Live, Dan Weiss did a whole thing about it, was 
Keldon Johnson right now ninth in the league in three point shooting. Um, yeah. I believe that over the last like fourteen to fifteen games, he's first in the league and has been shooting like point five. Mm-hmm. 8-1, which is 58% basically. Um, and then he went three for seven tonight, hit some late, but still yep. didn't have, you know, the type of night that he's been having recently. So basically, all the things that the Spurs have been doing that have kind of helped them get on this win streak uh, didn't happen tonight. And then on top of that, Charlotte shot like 60% almost from three and from the field. So when when that happens, you get this result. Um, but I, I feel like Ethan that while obviously this was a bad defensive game, I don't know. Watching this, I felt like it was more. There definitely was. They came out a little low energy. I even saw some defensive lapses from Dejounte at the beginning of the game. But mm-hmm. another thing that we have to keep in mind is James Borrego is probably the one coach in the league who actually like really knows DeJounte Murray and Derek White because he coached both of them as an assistant coach for the Spurs when they were coming up. Point is, I think that he's probably one of the more informed coaches in the league whenever it comes to just scheming those guys up because of how heavily involved he was in their draft uh, and, and their development. So I think that makes it tough too. You saw him and Pop joking at the end. I'm sure Pop was just like, yeah, man, you didn't have to run circles around me like that, but I guess, you know, yeah. so... um That's another little takeaway. And I think it's also very interesting too, Ethan. Uh, Jay King in the chat, where was Lonnie? I didn't even think about that until now. Maybe he was injured. Um, We'll definitely look into that. Uh, That comment actually threw me off because I didn't think of that. So I I, I, I noticed that he wasn't there, but I don't know where he was. I have no idea. Hmm. I didn't didn't look it up or anything. We'll definitely, definitely have to look into that. Um, I like I said, I lost my train of thought when I saw that comment. Can you remind me where I was? Or do you, you said another thing or something like that? And then you just stopped. I have was no it, idea where you were was going. Was it DeJounte and Derek? Was that where I was on? I don't know. Anyways, you had, you had just finished that up and you were going to another thing and then stop. Here we go. <laughs> well, in more, more important news, good news is Lonnie was out with the stomach bug. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that that's not, you know, an injury and or COVID. So, um, that is good to hear for sure. Um, it's also not good to hear that he has a stomach bug, but y- y'all get what I'm saying. It could be a lot worse. So, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, I never, with the way that Lonnie's been playing this year, we've been very frustrated with him, but you know, maybe that would have helped a little bit tonight. I don't know. Would it though? Because I think I'd rather have Bryn Forbes taking those shots. He had 25 points. It's a yeah, good question. Played, Bryn played really well tonight, so it's hard to say. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right. Well, let's hop in to the awards tonight. Obviously, you know, not the most energetic or, you know, happy awards ceremony of all time. Um, But nonetheless, we're going to run through our postgame show here for you tonight. Uh, So starting off with offensive MVP, Ethan, who you got? I had to give it to the guy that I really don't like that much, and that's Threesis. Yeah, Tanner Robertson, (laughs) Threesis, offensive MVP. Uh, he came in off the bench, was pretty much an immediate spark of offense that we desperately needed to hit some buckets. He was the leading scorer tonight with 25 points. Uh, he didn't do anything particularly well as far as facilitating or playing defense, but we don't expect that from him at this point. Uh, but he did his job 10 for 10 from the free throw line, 3 for 6 from three-point land. Uh, you know, As far as my expectations go for Bryn Forbes, this you know far and away surpassed those. And without him in this game, Jude, it would have been really – even worse like really really bad because nobody else uh especially in our bench could really find 
a bucket to save their lives. Um, so Bryn Forbes, offensive player of the game. You know, I really thought about giving this to Keldon, but I guess, I don't know, maybe it's the three-point struggles a little bit, even though he ended up three for seven, which really isn't that terrible in the grand scheme of things. Um, mm-hmm. I got to give it to Bryn too. It's just like, there's been so many times this year, um, and Tanner brought it up just a little while ago, He's really been the one guy, like when we've needed a bucket, like when DeJounte and Derek have been struggling like they have in the games where they've struggled, Bryn has stepped up. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, I read in an athletic article over the weekend by Sham Sararia. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, but he's basically, you know, other woes. They always battle on Twitter. Y'all should know if you're in this. Um, but he was writing about it and was talking about how actually right now Bryn Forbes is gaining a lot of interest around the league from teams who want to trade for him. So I think that Thad Young might not be the only one on the move, boys. I think that, you know, when Shams is writing about that, and he didn't even include every team. He included the Spurs and some other teams. It was only teams that he had news on. So when he's talking about that, and then you think about the way Bryn played tonight, think about how he's played when our, like I said, when DeJounte and Derek haven't been playing well. And then you also think about what you saw last year in the finals, Makes sense that a lot of teams would be interested in him on top of his contract being super friendly. Pretty sure there's a mm-hmm. team option at the end of this year, and it's still, you know, like basically a minimum deal. So, yeah. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it too. And that is just, that's some trouble. That's some trouble mm-hmm. for the Spurs because I don't know if I rely on Lonnie as much. He did play well um, against the Pelicans. He had 21 points. Yeah. We were out for that. So that was probably one of his best games of the year, if not his best and game I think of the, the year. game prior to that, too. Mm-hmm. I, think, I can't remember yeah. which opponent it was, but yeah. So maybe he's turning the corner and maybe Drew's turning the corner, which is why Thaddeus Young isn't getting as much minutes. Um, and he there's yeah. rumors about him wanting out and then also rumors with Bryn wanting out. But the sample size is just so low. I don't know if I trust that. So it'd be very yeah, We might also bring up Primo. Yeah, you know, that is another thing, point. too. Um, you saw Jock out there tonight, get some minutes. Yeah, it was in garbage time, but it was actually like with the real group, which was yeah. that's probably like the best part of this game tonight is that we got to see Jock with the True. with the first stringers, even <laughs> though it didn't matter. It was like, hey, look, we, we got to see it. And even though he missed the three, like we saw kind of what that spacing can do, which I think is also a preview for our boy Zach Collins. Zach Collins is still having the drip on the sidelines. I love the celebrations <laughs> that he's doing. That's another positive that we can take away from this game. You know, if we want to jump to the what we did well section tonight, Ethan, I think that our one and only, um, I guess, thought on it could be Zach Collins's drip and his uh, his energy on the bench. You know, I think that was the I best agree. thing tonight by far. Not a, hu- not a huge fan of his hair. <laughs> Oh, you uh, don't like hair. the hair. You don't I like the slick back. The, mm. It is nasty. <laughs> it does. It does not look very good, in my opinion. I mean, obviously he likes it, but I don't like it. His clothes are always on point, though. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, so offensive MVP, we both got Bryn Forbes, um, and now yes. we're going to roll to defensive MVP. Um, once again, th- it, there's basically not really a defensive MVP tonight when the other team shoots sixty to fifty percent from overall yeah. and the three-point line. Um, but if we had to pick out some dudes who either showed some improvement uh, or played well tonight, uh, who do you have on defensive MVP? Nobody necessarily stood out, Jude, but I thought Drew Eubanks did as well as he possibly could in the seven minutes that he was given tonight. And I also thought Devin Vassell played 
you know, as well as Devin Vassell continues to play during the season. It wasn't like special. He didn't rack up a bunch of, he had one steal, one block. Uh, but, you know, a sufficient level of defense tonight from what otherwise was a very poor showing from the team. Yeah, uh, overall, like you said, a very poor showing. But I'm with those two guys too. Obviously, Devin gets his hands in there and, and disrupts. Mm-hmm. And, and when it, there were obviously a lot of team def- defensive problems tonight. If you just look at yeah. him individually, he's always doing well. Um, yeah. And that's what the reason we don't mention Dejounte tonight is because, like I mentioned earlier, we actually saw a little bit of lapses kind of from him and Derek getting mixed up in rotations. I feel like personally, that's more Borrego's scheme that he brought in for this game, which he was able to exploit specifically Derek and DeJounte because of, once again, his knowledge on them that, you know, basically every other coach in the league doesn't have. Um, But other than that, Devin Vassell always played well individually. And then also, of course, Eubanks. Um, I know that he has struggled this year, but we've been seeing him play a little bit more recently, and Thad hasn't played. And I think when he's came in, we've seen some improvement. Um, specifically tonight, we get, we saw that block that he had, but I think he's understanding rotations better. Um, it seems like also he doesn't let like bad plays affect him as much, just like the look on his face when I'm watching it. It seems like it seems like he's just in a better spot mentally overall, like not just personally mentally and like not letting like, you know, one like moving on to the next play. But then also mm-hmm. it seems like he's understanding their defensive system and post rotations and stuff like that a lot better. Um, you know, still sometimes he gets beat. We saw the Gordon Hayward play, but he, he's getting better um, and definitely showed some improvement tonight. And if we can continue mm-hmm. to see that, that's huge because, you know, just – at, at this point, having a 6'10 yeah. body in there is it, it, just going to be a better matchup against, you know, every night in comparison mm-hmm. to Thad. Um, Thad played well when he came in, though. Obviously didn't get a ton of minutes. Um, he's a good player, but it's, it seems like, yeah, it, it seems like he's going to get traded, though. More than likely. Yeah. Yes. More than likely. All righty. Well, who is your unsung hero tonight, Ethan? Man, this one was tough. I honestly, oh, I still don't really have one because <laughs> no, nobody really like rose above what they normally do and surpassed my expectations. Other than maybe Drew a little bit, but he only had seven. But he didn't minutes, even score. So it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to say. And I would, no, I maybe give it to Keldon Johnson tonight, but I kind of expect him to do what he did tonight, as far as like statistically. Oh, man, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, it's it's very it's very hard. I get what you're saying. Okay, here's one positive for the Spurs. <laughs> it's like, of course, we shoot a hundred percent from the free throw oh, line. Free throw line. Twenty five for twenty five in this game. <laughs> like any other game where we shot oh, well, yeah. or the other team doesn't shoot like that, we we would have we would have shot like sixty percent. You know, and it would have made it a close game. You know what I mean? And we would have been talking about how that's something they need to improve on. So that's just another funny little nugget from this game. 12 for 37 from the three-point line to two for eight from Doug, man. It it was just a tough one. Yeah, it was a struggle. I can can tell you who was not our unsung hero for sure. Who was that? He played piss poor tonight. (laughs) Pardon my French. No, you're good. he was basically non-existent. He had four rebounds. I don't know how he can be Tough seven one. foot. One. Is he seven foot one or is just seven foot? Seven foot. I don't He's know how seven he can foot only one get four boards. It's weird. 
Yeah, Derek had six. DeJounte had six. He had he had one more rebound than Drew Eubanks, who played seven minutes, and Yaka played twenty five. Like I don't, I don't know. I know, I know. Our whole team was out rebounding for him tonight. Yeah, it was it was really just tough to watch. Yeah, I'm very honestly with when it comes to this game, Ethan. I'm more intrigued to see what happens like moving forward. Like, I'm very intrigued to see if this was just James Borrego, and maybe this is me thinking through Spurs colored glasses, and uh, the Spurs are about to get you know blown out and. This is a sign of bad things. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and, and they do have a tough stretch moving forward. But I'm interested to see because if they play the Jazz tough and lose, I'm going to feel like this is more of just James Borrego coming in and being like, mm-hmm. I know these guys and we're going to take advantage of them. I know how to stop them. And so, yeah, I don't know. But it also might be another sign that teams are kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's just one game, actually. I can't. I can't say that. But. It's, it's gonna be. It could all be boiled down to just a really bad night. Just yeah. like everybody yeah. came out, like my boy Floyd Kizzy said, low energy, and we could just never catch back up to an extremely hot team. It was just, it was just that was the story of the entire game. We could never, we never had a run that lasted longer than maybe like two minutes, and then it was over. Yeah. So. <sighs> yep. Like basically, I mean, you were talking about it earlier. It was like we either got to nine or ten points. And then they'd hit a three and go on like an eight point run. <laughs> and then we would start jacking up threes yeah. and not making any. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. Yep. So I'm looking back <laughs> a little bit on some of our other games that we've struggled in recently. The Nuggets were able to corral Derek White and DeJounte after we beat them in the first game of that back to back that we played against them, not back to back nights, but just back to back games. Um, and then when I also go back and look at the Knicks game that we lost, that's what I want to look at here. This is what I was trying to get out of earlier, but I wasn't sure if I was crazy. I wanted to check it before, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Trying to find the box score for this. So when we lost to the Knicks, it was a little bit different story. Um, we just couldn't get anything from Keldon and the bench and DeJounte and Derek played well. Anyways, the whole point of me talking about those games was just, I'm going to be curious to see now. I think that teams are starting to respect DeJounte and Derek. And remember last year where Keldon kind of came out and he was like, you know, just taking advantage and then teams like learned how to scheme him up and then he kind of slowed down the rest of the year. I'm interested to see, you know, if that happens to DeJounte and Derek. Obviously, I hope it doesn't. And I don't think that it's going to happen to the same degree just because of their experience, you know, being so much more than Keldon had last year. But I am interested to see, you know, how these teams start scheming up the Spurs because they're getting more and more tape every game on DeShante and Derek, and they're going to focus on them more and more moving forward with the way that they've been playing recently. So that's just something that I think Spurs fans can keep an eye on moving forward Um, because how they respond to that is going to show and say a lot about the type of players that they are. That's for sure going to happen, in my opinion. But I don't know if it's Derek and DeJounte's response that's going to be the determining factor for how the rest of the season goes. I think it's whoever that third guy is who's going to step up. Is Trey Jones all of a sudden going to step up and be an extremely talented playmaker like like I think he can be? Will Lonnie Walker step up and be that Manu Ginobili role that we thought he would be at the start of the season? 
or will Devin kind of reawaken after his uh, short injury span and kind of go back to what he was at the beginning of the season, which was our you know main scorer off the bench? You know, because somebody's going to have to step up. If we don't have another weapon, then the other team that their entire scheme is going to be what Borrego did tonight, which is shut down. DeJounte and Derek White as much as we can. And if they can do that, then they eliminate our entire offense. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that is exactly true. But, you know, with the way that Primo has been playing, if Bryn Forbes mm-hmm. ends up getting shipped, which would be sad because he has really been playing well for us this year. Um, yeah. You know, it's Primo League takeover time. You know, I don't think that's far fetched <laughs> either because. No, I mean, no, if we no, if, he's he's go, uh, that was hyperbole, but he's yeah. he is going to probably get a role if that happens. Exactly, I think that that would if we trade him, that would happen. And then also, once we move off from Thad, I don't think we're going to get any. I don't think we want a player back because once Thad is almost like a placeholder for Zach Collins to get healthy, yep. and then as soon as Zach is back, they're like, "Thanks, Thad. Thanks for coming. Have a good time." And Wherever, wherever, wherever you, you want to go, we'll trade Phoenix. you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wherever he decides to go. Speaking of which, TSR made a video on this um, pretty recently, and we had kind of seen this over the summer after the Demar trade. But I think that there may have been a rumor about Jalen Smith for Thad yeah. Young, and yeah, that, was that would be one that I would actually be willing to take back. Um, I like what you're saying though, too. I like, I don't mind just trading him for a couple picks and letting Zach Collins play if the timetable works out, but Hey, I mean, if you can get Jalen Smith back, dude, throw him in the G league, let him develop. Yeah. Who cares? You know, that's a, I feel like that would be a, that would be a pretty good return. He's somebody that I feel like has some potential and it, it feels like it would, he would fit in the Spurs system. Yeah. I would totally take a Jalen Smith for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I think that that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. I mean, we we could talk about what we did well and what we can get better at, but I think we kind of covered that throughout our conversations. Um, There are some some trade rumors coming around. Jay King just mentioned, what about Bagley or Sabonis? Um, I think that Sabonis um, or Miles Turner could maybe potentially be a thing. I don't really think so. Um, but I think that DeMontis Sabonis probably over Miles Turner would have a chance. I don't know, though. I mean, Miles Turner is a Texas guy, but I think also the Spurs kind of like their bigs right now. Um, they would probably you know, are big, are big. Yeah, are one big. Right. Um, I mean, unless like we're trading Jakob, that, that's the other thing. Like if we made a trade like that, that would mean Jakob would be getting shipped. And I guess like, you know, Sabonis is an upgrade over Jakob. But like, you know, you're gonna have to give up a little bit more than just Jakob in that trade, too. Yeah. So. And I just don't know if the Spurs are going to be like Keldon Johnson and, uh, you know, Jakob and Devin Vassell for Sabonis. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's going to happen. I really think it's, you know, I mean, I don't even think that they're the Bryn Forbes rumors and we'll have to see. Maybe none of this happens. Floyd Kizzy mentioned it earlier that the Spurs don't, you know, we can't buy all this stuff. The Spurs are like the most untrade team ever. Um, Other than Thad Young, I think that's legit. But that's a very different situation. Um, yeah you just kind of have to wonder you kind of have to wonder we'll have to see though yeah well anyways y'all thank you guys for coming into this episode of sspn post game you heard it in the side that, that's probably the way to describe this game we'll be back um i was on a little bit of a vacation uh so we'll see what happens there but or not i don't know i can't talk right now my my brain is fried after this game um but 
was on a little bit of a vacation. We'll be back with some more content coming soon. Um, and we will see you guys in the next one. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.